I'm looking at this Jalen Carter thing, and Jalen Carter uh, had to leave the combine this week to be booked on misdemeanor charges related to um, basically street racing, and the other car that was street racing with him, uh, they were part of a tragic accident where two young, one young Georgia player, one young Georgia staffer passed away, and I've heard people just kind of high road this. Oh, I wouldn't want him here. I was like, guys, we have Miles Garrett. Just just because his fast driving didn't end to the same result as this kid's, like, I hate to break it to you, a lot of young, good-looking, financially well-off athletes do stupid things in fast cars. It's okay. Yes. But, like, the more I thought about it, like, I heard people like, oh, I, I've heard people here say, oh, I would uh, I would take him off the draft board. I was like, really? Because I kind of think the Browns have shown you, yeah, they've ripped the Band-Aid off. They, I, I think the Browns have shown you, and I don't mean this in a bad way. I really don't. But I think that, I think Jimmy told you the very truth about how the Browns are going to operate from now until... Cletus Haslam or maybe a different Haslam or maybe they sell the team 90 generations from now. Um, I think they've told you how they're going to operate, which is, yes, the person is important, but the football player is more. And I think they said it not necessarily when they traded for Deshaun, but when they talked about trading for Deshaun and they talked about Deshaun's suspension where Jimmy was like, yeah, if his name is Joe Smith, he's uh, he wouldn't be getting this chance. I actually think that's refreshing. Like, I think the Browns saying like, hey, uh, what somebody's accused of or what somebody may have done, that matters. But the talent, everything is commensurate with talent. So to people saying, I wouldn't want Jalen Carter here, or there's a couple other kids, you know, there's always, there's always kids with, with stories that people don't like, or that have done things that people don't like. And they, and people, oh yeah, throw them off the, the draft board. I don't think that's the next generation of, of the Cleveland Browns. I think the Cleveland Browns are comfortable to some level with risk and giving the second chance. And I kind of think we have to be okay with that. I'm fine with that. But, like, how far do you go? What do you mean? Well, like, okay, I'm not trying to go all Urban Meyer, Florida here, but let's say we're talking about, like, how many – how many – is it chances? Is that what the word I'm looking for? How many chances is too many? Because, like, Deshaun is an obvious uh, – I think you get two or three. Like, if Deshaun was coming out of college, I don't know the allegations. I think the allegations might have given him a hell of a lot more trouble than having proven for four years he can be an upper echelon starter mm-hmm. in the NFL. Right. I, I think that – I think – the, the amount of allegations against him, the amount of lawsuits, the amount of, of coverage it got, I think if that had happened in the draft process, mm-hmm. I don't know he becomes undraftable, but I think I don't know any team could have made him the number one pick in the draft with that. But, yeah, I mean, without having the NFL experience and, you know, um, numbers to back it up, like the fact you've done it, you've proven it. Mm-hmm. Like, Coming into the league is a big different, totally different deal. Do you care about the guys? Do you care about likability anymore? You no, know I do maybe, care about likability. I mean, it's not do you. How much does likability matter anymore in sports? 
because it does seem to be selective. Like, I'll, I just like look at the other two teams in town right now. The Cavs are impossible to hate, even when they have yeah, nice. They're like, so likable. Well, so do the Guardians. I've never had, or I shouldn't say never, but since they got rid of Clevenger and Bauer, two guys who were had their their off the field issues or personality quirks, however you want to say it, legal issues too. Now, all right, all of a sudden, I really like this iteration. And but and you know what? Listen, I thought Mike Napoli was a little bit of a hardo. Like I think I think there were guys on a team that was likable. That twenty sixteen was overall very likable. Frankie, lovable. Jose, lovable. Davis, lovable. Kluber, lovable. But that was a team with some personalities that were uh, problematic. Yeah. So how much does likability matter? Uh, it To me, it matters as just a fan. You know, I want to root mm-hmm. for my team. Like, I want to, I want my team to not be full of, you know, knuckleheads. Uh, I want I want guys to be good players and also like you don't have to be choir boys, but I, I would rather guys be likable. You know, I, I always said this. I mean, like you you hit on it. The Cavaliers are very likable. Almost every player wouldn't hurt a fly, you know. And they're really good. They're talented, and they're going to be a, a fun team to watch in the postseason. There's other teams around the league. I thought the Eagles were a fun team. Two one six five seven eight double zero nine two. How much does likability matter? With, with teams and how they're built. And and I'm asking this because of the Jalen Carter thing, and maybe we can get back to that in a minute. But I, I – because you and I have talked about the Browns being the villain of the NFL. Every time somebody talks about Lamar Jackson's contract, they reference Deshaun's contract. To billionaires, Jimmy Haslam is a villain. I actually wonder whether teams will be reticent to deal – with the Browns this offseason. I'm talking about actual trades. I'm talking about like trading an established player to the Browns um, for draft collateral or another player. I, I do wonder if some teams are going to be reticent to trade with the Browns because they're still pissed at the Browns. I don't know. I don't know if there will be any sort of uh, backlash for the contract the Browns gave out to Deshaun Watson. But I can tell you right now, Steve Bashotti, and I get it, it's in the division, so it doesn't matter. Steve Bishotti would not want to trade with the Cleveland Browns right now. <laughs> no, I don't think so. So, getting back to the idea of likability, when we've talked about the Browns being the villains, other owners see the Browns as villains for paying the contract they paid for Deshaun. The media looks at, the NFL media looks at the Browns as villains and has said so. They, they're rooting against the Browns. Right, Michelle Michelle Beadle was on the station and just said flat out, yes, because of the allegations in the lawsuits against Deshaun and paying him two hundred thirty million dollars, I I don't want them to succeed. So if the Browns are going to be the villain, what has to happen for it to be worth it? Like, how good do you have to be? Because like the Cavs, that likability, that likability, like you like, are, you can accept more failure from a likable team, right? Yes. So like the Cavs this year, we'll have some big questions if they top out in the first round. But you're not going to hate the Cavs. No, you're not. It's gonna, impossible to hate the Cavaliers, and you're not going to have the same, um, the same pushback as if like the Cavs team. And I think people loved the LeBron Cavs teams. 
But there was some love-hate there because it was built in a way that was different than we had ever experienced because I think we all got like championship fatigue. So it's not that the team was unlikable. It's that the circumstances were uncomfortable. So like if that team had let us down, I think people would have been furious because we had already kind of compromised to win because we like we're used to things being built the right way, right? We're, we're not super team town, right? I kind of look at the Browns and I'm like, have we ever had an unlikable team that's a villain that is consistently underperformed? I'm not talking about the Browns at this point. I'm just talking like, what are the teams that we've hated that have been... Like locally? No, no, no. I'm talking about like just in the NFL or, oh. or just any sport. I mean, Pittsburgh every year. Yeah, but I think that's a Cleveland thing. I don't think people outside of, like, I don't think people in. I mean, the Patriots for years. I think you you look at uh, the Warriors. Very unlikable. 216-578-0092. Do you guys care if the team is likable or not? The Jalen Carter stuff, I'm going to say right now, Jalen Carter will still be a top five prospect. Uh, Jalen Carter, the only way I think Jalen Carter isn't a top three pick is if the first three picks are quarterbacks. Actually, no, that's not fair. Is if the first two uh, picks are quarterbacks. Because then I think Will Anderson is the in, in conversation to be the best player going off the board. He'll still be a top ten pick. I think he'll still be a top four pick. I think I think if you're Chicago, what you're really trying to do is you're trying to leverage some balance of getting every value, every bit of value you can for if, the number one if, pick. Listen, if you can vet this thing and you feel like this guy, you know, he had a a night with some poor choices and mm-hmm. made some mistakes, is it going to be a problem down the line? I, I don't know. I mean, they got that, that's their job to figure it out. It's unfortunate what happened in this whole situation because two people did pass away. I don't think I don't necessarily think he was responsible for them, but he mm-hmm. was he was there. Yeah, and he was reckless in his behavior. So they got you got to vet that out. I can't believe he went back to the combine. I know he didn't work out. I thought I, that I, I give him credit going back. To the combine. Oh no no no! I was going to say I think it's I think it takes a lot of stones. Yeah, I mean you just got arrested. He, he did all the things right. I mean he turned himself in. And well, in in fairness or uh, fair or unfair, there are people out there who will blame him for what happened, not knowing. Nope. There's going to be a, a whether it's five percent of people or twenty five percent of people, there are people who his name is tied in conjunction with that. So ergo, he is guilty. Name names. I mean, there's a guy here. I don't want to. I don't want to mention it. He doesn't have a take though. Quietly uh, inconspicuous. Your thoughts on Jalen Carter? How long is this a story? Do you think this is a story on draft night? No. I mean, yeah, but not like Jeremy Tunsil. Laramie Tunsil? What did I say, Jeremy? Lar- yeah. It's Laramie. a different guy. Is it? Jeremy Tunsil's an accountant at PNC down the road. Laramie Tunsil. The Laramie Tunsil. Uh, I mean, that was like five minutes before the draft started. Yeah. Man, that. Like, did Miami plant that? I Somebody had to have planted that video, right? I have no idea. They sat on that video for a good, um, a good three months, and they were like five minutes before, or maybe it was like a disgruntled agent that – Laramie Tunsil didn't uh, didn't go ahead and, and choose, so we got mad about it. 
It's as simple as that. That actually might be the wildest thing that ever happened at the NFL draft. Like right up there with Aaron Rodgers sitting in the green room for 17 days. Aaron Rodgers looked like a stowaway on uh, like this third hour of the draft. And then he made everybody pay. Cleveland Browns had the third pick in that draft, by the way. They took Braylon Edwards. That's right. Yeah, It worked out well. They then got a third and a fifth rounder for him five years later or four years later. Time's a flat circle. Uh, Is my Baker Mayfield take, is that the hottest take I've had today? I think it's a hot take. But is it my hottest take? I want to know as we, we venture back into these waters. Yes. Alex Sherman, CNBC media reporter. We had him on to talk about uh, just media rights stuff. ESPN, uh, he had a, a great story on ESPN wanting to be the hub of all live sports streaming. Right. And it's something that they've kind of started to kind of send out feelers for uh, both sports leagues and for like uh, partners. And I think it's a really interesting idea. But at the end, he's a 49ers fan. And I asked him if, if, if they could, if I could interest him in Baker Mayfield in a quarterback room in 2023. And uh, I think I might have offended him as a 49ers fan. And my thinking was, this isn't really about Brock Purdy. Because if you said Brock Purdy or Baker Mayfield, I would say same guy to some extent. And I'd rather the guy that's already had success in your, your system. But Jimmy G's probably gone. Brock Purdy probably isn't going to play 99% of the season. Mm-hmm. And even when he does, he's going to be coming off an elbow injury. There's some. There's too much risk there. So I don't know how the 49ers can go into a season saying, ah, we're just going to go ahead and play it out with Trey Lance and see what happens. I just don't know how you yeah, can do they've that. They've invested in him. They traded picks to get him. And he didn't play well in the three he, games he, he played this last year. He played three games and then got hurt. It doesn't matter. He looked like crap. Like, can you – everything that we've said about um, – First off, did you really watch those games? Watched every single second you of You did every one. second. Okay. Yeah. Do you have Sunday ticket? What? I'd say I watched them in real time. I watched them back. I'm I'm just trolling you. First That's of all, fair. you only played two games. He got hurt in the second game. He's played in three games in this his year, career. This, this year, he played in two games. Yeah, but I said in his career. But he played bad in those games. In Keith. his career, he's played in eight games. He started no. four. I'm also on pro football reference. Get to your points. Well, Nick, here's my Nick's point. Like he, he watches the game. He threw 31 passes this year. Okay. I'm not really sure how you can say he had a bad bad two or three games. He did, played, did he you, played in one game and like a couple plays. Yeah, he didn't play well in those. Well, Deshaun one game. Watson didn't play well for the most part in six games either, and we're all optimistic about that. Well, because I have four years of Deshaun Watson to fall back. But we on. don't have any of this to fall back mm-hmm. on so him. I, it's the it's the wild card. They picked him in the top five. You know. I think the greater point here is: are are you comfortable going one stacking the deck so that Trey Lance wins the job with no competition, and two putting the twenty twenty three season all on Trey Lance? Because I wouldn't be. That, well, I mean, because because you you know we talk about wasting a year with the the uh, the Cavs, or we talk about wasting a year with the Browns. That team is ready to win. You've got McCaffrey, you've got Debo Samuel, you've got a great offensive line, even though they're probably losing Mike McGlinchey, and you've got a great defense. Yeah, but here's the thing, like Dustin, I don't know if you feel the same. You know, if you have a guy like Baker Mayfield, you know your ceiling. You know that there's a ceiling there. You also know and the you, floor, you pre- right? But you've you've seen that. Like, wouldn't you want to take the chance with the guy that you spent, as Dustin said, all those picks on, and that you really haven't seen truly with this team, especially with the guys surrounding him in that defense? Like, you really haven't seen him develop yet. 
Wouldn't you want to see a guy that you don't know the ceiling? So it's less that I don't think they should bring Trey Lance back, and it's more I don't think they should stack the deck in his favor. I think if if Brock Purdy's going to miss most of this year, and even when he comes back, we're still talking about an elbow injury. And by the way, his his uh, surgery was just delayed uh, post the the uh, Super Bowl because of swelling in his elbow, which is not great. So I think it's less. Like, if you just ask me, who would I rather start next year? I would rather Baker Mayfield than Trey Lance. Because even though Baker is the known quantity, I mean, you mentioned that, what is it, uh, four starts in his his NFL career for Trey Lance, uh, and he played 18 games in college before that. So I think in a game that is almost always about selling people on upside, I don't know how you can be reasonably confident in San Francisco to be Trey Lancer bust. So even if we don't look at it like, oh, you're going to bring in Baker to start, which is absolutely fair. He wouldn't go there to start. But in 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 an I believe it was the Athletic did point out the 49ers as a potential uh spot of pursuit for Baker this offseason or potential landing spot. I would rather have Baker and Trey Lance and let those two guys duke it out, but make it honest. Don't do like this this year guys Trey Lance versus Jimmy G versus Brock Purdy. It wasn't. They were they handed the job to Trey. But effectively now you're in the same spot you were with Jimmy. Well, and, and listen, you're gonna get Purdy back at some point, right? November, December. You're gonna you're gonna bank I mean, the season that, if Trey is, Lance is that, can't ball is out. Is that what they're saying? It's gonna be that late? Yeah, I mean the, the, the initial timeline was he's gonna miss more than half the season. Okay. And that's he's before to have surgery, what, next week? Yeah, that's had he had the surgery, what is that? Three weeks ago, four weeks ago, if not for the swelling, right? I don't think it's a hot take. I I just think I, I the whole well I th- the hot take is that you'd rather have Baker Mayfield than Trey Lance. Yes, I well no, I'd rather have them both. Like if I'm San Francisco, if I'm just going and in, Baker's a free agent, so he I mean he could end up there. If it's going to be Trey Lance versus Josh Dobbs, I mean I think you, you're setting yourself up for I mean, failure. If, you, if Baker Mayfield wants to go to that situation, and frankly, if I'm Baker, I probably would. Yep. I think it might be the best chance to start this year. Now, he's probably not going to beat Trey Lance out in camp. I don't think we know that. Oh, I think we if do. it's an honest I, I up think, and up honestly, job. Honestly, I, I think if you're Baker, you're going there hoping that you know Trey doesn't have a great start to the season or gets injured. Why are you so convinced? Is it because of because uh, Trey Lance is a lot better than Baker Mayfield? Based off, I mean, just to me, just based off of just traits. Okay, I. I I mean, I mean, I think he's got more upside. I think Baker's about a guy that was drafted pro- three years ago versus a guy that was drafted five years no, ago. No, I understand. So we got a younger guy who's more athletic and, and probably has, you know, arguably more talent than 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 Baker. Now Baker, doesn't mean anything Baker's played more. Produce. Baker's played more games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's got more experience. It's fair. You know. I think it's a perfect spot for Baker. And I, I, I if I'm Baker, be- I just don't want to be in a quarterback carousel with three guys, including myself. Mm. I think that's better than going to Houston and battling a first pick. I think it's better than being Tyrod Taylor. Maybe maybe that's a better way to put it. I mean, where else could he go? I mean, he could go, go to he Atlanta. Go back to L.A. Go back to L.A.? Yeah. I think Atlanta, that's a rough spot. That feels like another head coach. If Los Angeles isn't sure about the status of, of Stafford like long-term, that's a good insurance policy. I, I think Baker should choose his next spot ba- based off the head coach. And I think he should look for a Shanahan, a McVay, somebody like that. 